Happy Sunday morning. Uh, it's great to be here. Why don't you just, is anyone alive this morning? Hey, why don't you just, can you just turn to your neighbor and just say, I learned this word recently, so I want to try it out. Just turn to your neighbor and say, your Sunday drip looks good on you, okay? Just turn. Let's get a little loose this morning. I thought that word was like a joke, but then I learned that people like actually use that in real life. So I don't know where my wife is, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use that more often. My, I'm wearing my drip today. I didn't think that was that funny. I was just trying to loosen up the room a little bit. But hey, if you have a Bible, why don't you open up to John 16? We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about one of the names of the Holy Spirit, which is helper. Everyone say Helper. And a couple weeks ago, Rob talked about the Holy Spirit as our counselor. Uh, and those are, these are just actually two different translations uh, of the same word in Greek, which is parakletos. And so you can translate it helper. Uh, you can also translate it counselor. But I really want to talk about how the Holy Spirit uh, helps us this morning. And uh, let me just read the text from John 16. I'm going to read one section of it because um, this is where we're going to spend most of our time. But did we have that slide for John 16, verse 4? says this, I did not say that this is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is, of course, we're in the middle of a long uh, farewell discourse where Jesus is preparing to go to the cross and die. And so these are his last words. And there's a lot of them, but they're all really, really important. And he circles around a few times and talks about this this person, the Parakletos, the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so verse 4 says this, I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. If I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if, if I go, I will send him to you. Man, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, would you help us this morning? Man, I'm just so gripped by that phrase, Lord, that it is to your advantage, it is to our advantage that you go away. You actually say it's better that the Holy Spirit is with us than with you uh, in the flesh, talking to us, eating with us, drinking. Somehow in this mystery, it's better. So Lord, would you show us how it's better this morning? Man, can we just linger here just a moment? Is it okay? I don't know if anyone thinks we pray too much in church, but I, I just really feel, Lord, we want to center our attention on you. Jesus, you are why we are here. We're not here to sing some songs and hear an encouraging message. I mean, that's part of why we're here. But the goal of those things is that we would see you, that we would fall in love with you. Lord, would you come and help us this morning to love you more? Lord, would you come and would you, would you break through? I'm praying that the Lord's prayer says, 
that your kingdom would come, your will would be done. Lord, would a piece of heaven break through to earth this morning? A piece of your healing, a piece of your hope, a piece of your love. God, we want to we want to experience the reality of who you are this morning. Would you take us beyond Holy Spirit thinking you're, I just want to even correct some theology for a second. You know, a lot of times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I hear him talked about as, you know, a feeling like, like some goosebumps or like a force. Like I really, I really felt it this morning. Can I just say the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is God. He is to be worshiped. He is to be honored. He is to be loved. He is the third, Christian theology would say, the third person of the Trinity. Can I suggest this morning that the way to get to know a person is not by reading about them, it's by talking to them. I've been praying this prayer all week. I want to invite you, maybe even under your breath. I, I know I'm flowing in and out of prayer, but I just, I just so deeply want, Jesus, you to be at the center of this gathering this morning. I so want you to be glorified. I so want, Lord, heaven to break through into hearts for hearts that are feeling dead, tired, discouraged. Lord, I'm asking for a breakthrough of heaven's hope this morning. Heaven's hope this morning. Heaven's hope this morning. Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to even just pray this. Um, I've been praying this all week. Just Holy Spirit, show me how it's better. Show me how it's better. Thank you, Lord. Let's just wait for just another minute. I just felt the Lord drop Song of Songs, chapter two, into my heart as we were leading worship this morning. I, I want to pray for something specific, and I trust me, we will get into John 16. Um, but Song of Songs, chapter two, verse 10 says this, says, my beloved speaks and says to me, arise, my love, my fair one, and come away, for the winter is past, and the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing has come. And I just sense this morning, for some of us, we've been in a season, maybe even for this church, I mean, we, we've talked about this a bit, we've been in a season of pruning, of cutting back, uh, of a season of really winter time. And just like the, the seasons have shifted, and there's been some warmth and fresh sun, uh, I, the Holy Spirit loves to come close in moments of a season shift to give us a fresh empowerment for what's ahead. And I'm sensing this morning that for some of us, we're coming to a season uh, shift in our life where we are coming out of a season of winter, of pruning, of things being cut, cut out of our lives, and we're stepping into a season of fruitfulness, and the time of singing is coming again. Coming again. 
Does this make sense for anyone in the room? I feel like for even for some of us, oh, I feel like for some of us, we've been caught in like a funk of heaviness. I call it like a spirit of heaviness. This is another thing the Holy Spirit does. This is Isaiah um, chapter 61. This is actually what Jesus quotes in Luke chapter 4 when he gets up to start his ministry. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And then a few uh, verses later, it says, uh, he, he is putting off a spirit of heaviness and he's giving us a garment of praise in its place. And I feel like for some of us, we've been under just like a weight. I don't know what else to call it, but uh, I guess I do because I'm going to share some other things. But heaviness, uh, which for me a lot of times, just feel, it just feels like funk. It just feels like I can't think clearly. It feels like it's confusing. It feels like, I mean, I got two little kids. It just feels like raising kids is harder than it should be. There's just a, a funk of, of heaviness on my life. And, and then the Lord comes and he brings that breakthrough that I was talking about. A piece of heaven comes and then shatters into our reality. And, and it's the garment of praise, the oil of gladness that actually gives us supernatural strength and breaks all that funk and that confusion. Does that make sense? So can we just close our eyes? I'm going to pray for that. The season is shifting. Spring is coming. Some of you haven't been able to sing for years, and the Lord wants to touch your heart and bring fresh hope and fresh life and bring fresh joy. So just with eyes closed, I want to pray for you specifically. If that resonates with you, can you just put yourself in a posture of receiving? You can put your hands out in front of you. You can lift your hands up. Thank you, Lord, for the hands across the room. God, we just, we just believe that winter is over and spring is coming. Lord, there's a time of singing that's coming. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would come this morning with fresh joy, fresh empowerment for the season that's ahead. Lord, we're asking for breakthrough off of that funk, just that mental confusion. If you just been, I feel like for some of you, man, it's even been like since COVID, there's actually been a heaviness on you and you kind of have just accepted, man, this is just my new reality. I guess I'm just gonna live kind of depressed and in this funk. If that's you, I really wanna pray that God would come and bring breakthrough. If you've got confusion in your mind, um, maybe just put your hands on your head. Holy Spirit, you did not give us, a, God, you did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Lord, I'm asking for breakthrough this morning that you would come and give us clear thinking that you would pour out your love this morning. Yes, come Lord. Do whatever you want to do. We love you this morning in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. We'll pray more at the end. Hey, Paul says, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. So part of me wants to just pray the whole time, but I do, I do want to teach a little bit. Verse 6 says this, but because I've said these things to you, uh, sorrow has filled your hearts. Because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the, the advocate, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I love uh, that, that name of the Holy Spirit helper. And even some of, some of the tension with this, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, is we talk about the Trinity, right? There's a father, there's a son, and there's a Holy Spirit. And I've been in some conversations recently where people talk about, hey, the, uh, you know, Jesus I get. There's like four books about him in here at least. I mean, really the whole Bible's about Jesus, plus Revelation's a bit about Jesus as well. Like Jesus, we can read about him. We understand what he's like. 
And then the father, we kind of have some understanding of him because all of us have father figures in our life. Some of us, dad, you know, dads, and, and we kind of get this. But the Holy Spirit is this thing that like, you know, we can't, there, there's no stories about him necessarily. There's actually a lot in scripture about him, um, but it, it kind of feels ethereal and mystical. And so it's hard to um, understand who he is and what he's like. Has anyone ever felt that before? And, and a lot of times, I mean, I, I guess I'm probably one of them, but the people who talk about the Holy Spirit are like these crazy charismatics that just do weird things when they grab the microphone. And that makes it like even harder to engage with the Holy Spirit. It's like, wh what is this force that Jesus talks about? And so I, I want to try to, as best as I can, uh, in just the next 20 minutes or so, give some clarity around who he is, this promise, of, this promise that Jesus says he is sending. Uh, and, and the way I want to do that is I want to talk about three specific evidences of the Holy Spirit in our life. There, there's lots of them. Um, I mean, we say a lot around here that tears is one of the greatest signs of the Holy Spirit working in our life. And I'm actually not going to talk about tears today. I really feel highlighted three other um, evidences. Of if we can't see him, what is he like? And, and I, I, was, I was listening to a preacher recently who described it uh, kind of like this. You can't see the wind, but you can see the, tree, the, the leaves when they, they move in the wind. Does that make sense? So the Holy Spirit is described in another part of John actually as a wind. Uh, and so what are those leaves that wither? And how do we know that, that God, the Holy Spirit, is at work in our life? And uh, if he's helping, and they kind of coincide with this word help, but there are also three ways that he helps us. And so I want to actually uh, do a parallel passage really quick to this one uh, to, to kind of give one picture of this. And that's Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says, likewise, the Spirit helps us. So Paul is writing about the Holy Spirit, and he uses the same, uh, well, it's not the same word in Greek, but it's the same concept of the Holy Spirit as a helper. And here's how he helps, helps us. It says, he helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. Man, I just love, can we just stop you for a second? I just love how encouraging this is. Has anyone ever felt bad at prayer before? Can you just be honest? Has anyone ever felt like, Man, I should pray more. I just, I'm bad at it. Man, those people, like, they just know how to pray. Can I just encourage you? Like, the Bible tells you that you're bad at prayer. It's okay. You're right, actually. <laughs> We're all bad at it. We're all weak. We don't know how to do it. Uh, but that very spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words. The first way that the, the, first way that the Holy Spirit helps us is he helps us to pray. He helps us to talk to God. Do we realize if we just read this book and we only ever uh, read about God, it's, it's actually the Holy Spirit that helps us to know God relationally. Does that make sense? I'm going to tell my story in a minute just about meeting the Holy Spirit. And, and it's kind of like my story of meeting God because God is, you know, three in one. I mean, I'm trying to preach on the Trinity. I shouldn't do this. I should leave this to Justin. But man, it's like three in one and I'm meeting God. But the way that I'm meeting the Holy, uh, the God is kind of because the Holy Spirit is the part of the Godhead that makes God real to us. Does that make sense? And the way that he makes God real to us is by helping us to talk to God, to engage with him in prayer. That's what prayer is, is just talking to God and hearing him talk back. Uh, and the way... <coughs> excuse me, the way that he helps us to pray is through groans. Uh, can, we just, can we just groan? For, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> um, this word can also be translated sighs. Uh, it can also be translated aches. Um, here's how I kind of like to think of it is, is one of the common words in scripture uh, is, is the word hunger. 
he helps us with hunger for God. And I don't have time to break this down as much as I would like, um, but Romans 8 it really is, is recapping the whole story of this book from Genesis to Revelation. And it's talking about how uh, we were made for God. How many of you realize that? We were made for God. We were made to be loved by him. And Augustine says that our hearts are restless until they find our rest in him. Some of us have been looking for fulfillment in a career. And it's, I hate to break it to you, it's actually never going to come. Some of us have been looking for fulfillment in a finances and a salary number. And that's actually not going to bring the fulfillment that we long for. It might bring some fulfillment, um, but ultimately it won't be the fulfillment that our hearts long for. Some of us have been looking for fulfillment in a relationship. Man, if I could just get in a relationship or if my spouse would just get their stuff together, man, everything would be okay. Man, I, can I tell you that fulfillment's not going to come from a relationship. It's going to come from God. We were made to know God. We were made to, to love him and be loved by him. There's an ache, a groan, a hunger in the human heart that only God can satisfy. And I want to even pray, we'll pray at the end, but I want to even pray that that could become real for us this morning. I think when we maybe hear things like that, like God's the one that satisfies, we kind of put on our like Sunday school, like grow up in church, like, yeah, that's awesome. But we don't actually experience it in our hearts, in a real relationship with a God who talks to us via the Holy Spirit in a way that actually fulfills the deepest longing in our hearts. This tension is like, talked about, can we, can we throw that first Peter verse up? And this is one of my favorite verses. It doesn't name the Holy Spirit, but this is the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. First Peter says this, although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. Can I tell you what that indescribable and glorious joy means? It means indescribable and glorious joy. Okay, that's what it means. It means that there's actually real emotions that we get to have when we're engaging with the living God and God wants to meet us, not just at an intellectual level, but on the inside, in our hearts, in our emotions. Can I tell you, there's actually indescribable and glorious joy in a fellowship with Jesus that meets the deepest longings of our hearts. And I get the tension, I get the wrestle, I get that it doesn't feel like that sometimes. But if I could be a voice for anything this morning, it would just be to say this, there is more of God. There is more of God. There is more of God. And the invitation for us is to show up again and again and let the frustration actually drive us to his feet. Because sometimes what happens is when we get frustrated and we feel unfulfilled, we turn to other things to fulfill those longings in our heart. And as a result, we fill ourselves up. And it's not that God can't come and break through and bring what we need him to bring. It's that we're kind of saying to him, hey, God, we're satisfied without you. We're going to choose joy in Netflix or in this relationship or in all these other things. Uh, and I just want to invite us to maybe, this is a Lent season. It's a, it's a season of repentance, of turning, of making space so that God can bring renewal. Maybe it's time to lay down, not necessarily bad things, maybe it's time to lay down good things as a sign to the Lord saying, Lord, I've been looking for my fulfillment in all these other things, and I want to get them out of the way so that you can come and fulfill the deepest longings in my heart.
Does that make sense? And so we were made for God. Put that Romans 8. I'm trying to get back to Romans 8 here. So Romans 8 um, puts, it, puts it in context of this storyline where we were made for God. And there's also a day coming when that will be fulfilled at the end of the story. We can read about it in Romans 8 or in Revelation uh, 22, which talks about there's a day coming when we will be uh, with God 100%. Nothing is going to separate us from him. God will be on the earth. The earth will be a resting place for him. Every longing in our heart would be fulfilled. Heaven like Jesus taught us to pray, is actually going to come to earth. And what Romans 8 says is in the in-between, in the tension of we were made for God, and he's going to come and give us the fullness of everything that we're longing for, perfect justice, perfect healing, perfect love. What we do in the middle is we pray, and the way that we pray is by listening to the groans and the hungers and the aches that the Holy Spirit puts on our hearts so that we can pull heaven to earth now. Does that make sense? I know I'm saying that a lot. I'm trying to do some like meta-theological themes here. And so I even want to name, when we say, man, we want to be hungry for God, uh, I, I mean that quite literally. We want to be hungry for God and who he is and the fullness of his plans. We want to be hungry for his kingdom, the fullness of justice and healing and love, uh, breaking into our reality. So the Holy Spirit helps us with hunger. You can take that verse off. Uh, can I just share my story of meeting the Holy Spirit? Is that okay? I, I, was, I was telling Rob, I kind of have a really simple message um, this morning. So I want to share my story and then just share really quickly two other things, uh, evidences of the Holy Spirit in our life, and then we'll pray. Um, but I, I grew up in a home that uh, didn't, didn't go to church, didn't, 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 know, didn't know Jesus. And uh, my grandma started to bring me to church when I was in third grade. She might actually be watching this morning. So hi, Granny, if you're watching. But um, she started to take me to church. And uh, I just got to stop and say this, man, if you are a praying mom or grandma in this room, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. My grandma brought me to church. And I remember sitting in kids' church. And, uh, and man, this is really... I know I'm not like that old, but like I just learned what the word drip means. And when I was in Sunday school, they had these things called overhead projectors, okay? Um, which is, I don't even know how to describe it, but you, they put like, it, <laughs> you put like a transparency on the thing and then it puts it on the wall, okay? <laughs> and I remember they do that. This is ridiculous. They'd put the music in the cassette tapes, right, into the thing, and then they'd, I'm like doing an awful job. If you're in here, you're like, what are those things? So cassette tapes, you put it in, and then the music would play, and then like the fourth grade girls would go up with the corded microphones and like sing along to the cassette, and you could like see my children's pastors, like giant painted fingernails on the overhead projector as she'd slide <laughs> the words up. And I remember... Being in there, looking at, the, looking at the words, singing the songs, and being filled with an indescribable joy. Because Jesus was teaching me who he was. And I remember just being in third grade, being like, I kind of want to like lift my hands up like some people do. And I was like, and then I opened my eyes and all the other kids were like picking their nose and stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll just... I'll do it right here. I, God, God met me. I, I started to meet God, and the way that I got introduced to God was through joy. And, and then I stopped going to church for a little bit, and then in, uh, in middle school, I met this girl, and we were going to go to the mall, but in order to go to the mall, 
I had to go to church with her first. I just want to say, if there's any ladies bringing unchurched guys, don't give... No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding about that one. But I had to go to church with her first, and I remember going, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, it was like, you know, do you fold or crumple your toilet paper? And I remember, no one's ever asked me that before. That's like the coolest question you could ask me, Mr. Youth Pastor with a beanie, sir. Um, and... Uh, if you didn't grow up in church, it probably makes no sense to you. I'm going to keep moving. So, and then I got invited to go to their, their camp, their, their like summer camp. And so one night on Tuesday night, uh, the, the person comes up and says, hey, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to leave everything behind and follow him. And I remember listening to this and being like, man, this is going to cost me something. Man, like if I want to give my life to Jesus, like that means like my life. That means like everything. Like I really want to take this seriously. And this was, by the way, a Presbyterian church. Man, I love, anyone ever been to a Presbyterian church? I love Presbyterians. They love the word. They love the Bible. And so they did, gave me a very, I, I kind of was explaining to my youth pastor. I was like, hey, I'm not sure I want to do this. Like I want to know more before I kind of make this decision. And, uh, and he gave me a very <clears throat> Presbyterian answer. And he said, well, why don't you just read the Bible? I was like, great, I'll do it. So what, what should I read? He's like, read the book of John. Um, and so that's interesting because that's what series we're in. So I started to read the book of John, and, and it was a bit kind of confusing to me as an eighth grader. Like, I didn't know what to make sense of it. So I was like, I'm just going to go back to the beginning. I'm going to read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And so that summer, the summer between seventh and eighth grade, I started to read Genesis, and I started to bring to my youth pastor little notes on a note card, questions that I had, like, about the Nephilim and stuff. And so I'd go to him. And eventually he, this tells you a lot about me, he actually puts a limit on me. I'm only allowed to ask him one question a week. So <laughs> all week long, I'm like reading Leviticus, like trying to narrow down, like what's my one question this week? <laughs> I wish I could say I've changed. I'm so sorry, Morgan, that you have to live with me. And I don't know what to tell you other than somewhere around Leviticus, I, I, I started following Jesus just by myself in my room. And man, as I've thought about this message this week, I'm just so grateful for the way that the Holy Spirit introduced me to Jesus. I'm so grateful for the time that it took to fall in love with him. And, and I remember um, I kind of made it official at one point. I went to this class and uh, they were like, they, we had to go around and share our like stories about how we like gave our life to Jesus. And I was like, well, I've never like done that. And then they were like, well, do you want to? And I was like, sure. And so I prayed. And then I went home. By that point, I'd read enough of the Bible because, again, I'm a bit of a nerd. And I went home, and I remember I laid on my bed. And no one's teaching me about this in the Presbyterian church, but I, I laid on my bed, and I just remember praying. I said, Jesus, you said that if I give my life to you, I get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember, this is kind of vulnerable to share, but I remember laying in my bed, eighth grade, getting filled with waves of indescribable joy. And a little bit later, I um, found this devotional book that wasn't by a Presbyterian, and it, and it, talked, it was by, a, by, by a, a, a crazy, charismatic person, okay? And, uh, and I didn't know that you, like, shouldn't listen to the crazy charismatics. No one told me that. So I just read the book, and uh, they, uh, they, they had a little devotional in there about how to hear God's voice. And they told you to uh, just clear your mind and silence it, and ask, the, ask God to fill it and just kind of have faith in whatever fills your mind. Just believe that it's God. Uh, and if it aligns with scripture, if it's, you know, encouraging and uplifting, um, it's him. And, and so, I, so I, I did that. I was I, I, in my room. 
And man, this feels so vulnerable to share, but uh, I, I started to just clear my head and I shared just because I didn't know what I was doing. No one was like telling me, here's how you build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I just started to clear my head and I'd ask the Lord a question and, and I'd feel like he'd fill my head. He'd give me an answer. And, and that night I, I, I talked to the Holy Spirit for like three hours as a little eighth grader, just talking to him and hearing, t- hearing him talk back to me. And then I started to, at my little Presbyterian youth group, when I pray, I love to pray for people, and I'd like pray for them. But before I'd pray for them, I'd like first ask God what he was saying to them. And then I'd share things that I felt like the Holy Spirit was sharing as I'd pray. And, and I didn't know, like, you weren't allowed to do that in the Presbyterian church. Like, no one told me. I just kind of did it. Um, and um, and I, I remember, I'll, I'll show this to you. So then, and then eventually I started a discipline of, like, I'm going to, like, write down what I feel like God's saying to me. And so I sat down, and I share this because maybe you could do this tomorrow. I sat down with a piece of, a notebook in front of me, and I just started my day just saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me today? And I'd clear my head, let him talk. And I'd write down, uh, every day I wrote down, Ryan, I love you so much. You're my son, and I'm so proud of you. And I wrote that down every day. And um, every day for a few months, and Eventually, I was like, God, I'm not hearing you. You're saying the same thing every single day. And the Lord was like, well, I actually really love you, and I really am proud of you, and I want it to go past your head and into your heart. Um, Man, can I share one more story? I'm going to share one more story. So I keep, I kind of go on this journey. I eventually go to a charismatic church because I heard that they love to worship. And this one guy is like raising his hands up front during worship. And I'm like, I love this. Like, I want to go here. I want to raise my hands too. And so I raise my hands. And uh, eventually I, I, I just start to, I, I go to this, um, this, this camp. And what I'd never experienced before is like the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit in a room. So I don't know if this, if you guys, if we have a context for this, but there's like the omnipresence of God. How many of you guys know that? God's everywhere. Like there's nowhere that God is not. But then there's seasons where, and I don't know, I don't know the deep theology behind this. If it's like God removes the veil and makes us more aware of him, or if it's like there's actually like a presence of the Holy Spirit that comes in a room. But there's rooms where like the Holy Spirit comes into in such a way that you can you can feel him and experience him. I don't know if anyone's ever been in a room like that, but I remember walking into this camp and, and feeling the presence of God in the room, resting in that room. And, and I didn't know, um, I just didn't know what it was. And, and, and now that I think back on it, I, 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 that's become a prayer in my heart of like, Lord, I want to know you so intimately that where you are, I want to know that you're there. Um, and so, and, and, and I have this encounter with God. I'm trying to share this kind of as quickly as I can where, you know, I, I just, I, I experience God's love in a way that I, I've never known before. And, and what I love about this, this story of just getting filled with the Holy Spirit in a fresh way at this camp is uh, it wasn't like my life was going bad or anything. It was just that God loved me so much and he actually wanted to fill me with more of him. And I feel like that might be even what God wants to do in the room for some of us today. Paul uh, teaches us to pray in Ephesians 3 that we may be filled with the fullness of God. That means we can have 100% of God in our lives and there's still more because there's more of God. Does that make sense? And so that's why I love to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit a lot. It's not that they don't have him already. It's that 
there's just more. And I don't know how to explain it or describe it. That's what happened to me in this camp. I got filled in a fresh way. And what it primarily looked like for me was, was after that encounter of love, feeling God's love for me. And I remember I was such a Bible nerd. I was like dancing and I'm thinking in my head, like, this is what David does in the Bible. I'm being so biblical by dancing right now. Um, it's being filled with, again, that indescribable, and that's how I kind of knew it was God. It was like that indescribable joy again. Uh, and, and, uh, but then what it looked like after that is it looks like hunger. It looked like I've tasted something that's so good, I want to I taste it again. And I went through a season of kind of laying down good things, like right things. I remember one Friday night, all my friends were going to hang out. And I was like, I feel like I'm not supposed to go hang out. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to stay in my room and pray. And, and, and like just laying behind good things for the best thing. And it's this hunger that drove me. And there's more. And man, if I could just share this. We have to end by 1130, right? That's like our, our goal here. Okay. Um, man. I, I just, I, I just, I was so hungry and I eventually got to this point and I, I want to share this not to like, I don't know, be weird, but just, I want to give language because the Holy Spirit works so much on the inside. If, if there, there's so much internal awareness, I'm trying to give language to what can go on in the inside to hopefully even name for some of us what God wants to do in our own hearts. It was like this hunger for more that, that couldn't be satisfied. It was like I was coming up against a wall. I was like, God, I want more of you. And I kept coming up against this wall. Um, and then uh, eventually what happened is uh, I was at my Presbyterian church again, okay? And, and I was standing in the front row for worship and, you know, I'm lifting my hands at my Presbyterian church and I'm like, I love the Bible. I love you, Jesus. And, 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 and I was feeling that like coming up against the wall. I was like, God, I want more of you, but I don't know how to get there. And, and then out of my mouth, I actually started speaking in what the Bible calls the spiritual gift of tongues in the front row of my Presbyterian church. And then I was like, oh, I think I cussed. No, I didn't. I didn't. But I was like, oh, no. Um, and, uh, and that's how God gave me the gift of tongues. Okay, I don't know why I share that part of my story, but um, I, I just maybe want to create even hope and faith and expectancy in this room that God wants to intersect our lives in surprising, crazy ways. If I could be a catalyst for anything this morning, it's just to say there is more. There is more of God. And I want to create a hunger in this room. Can, can the band come up? Why does the band come up? We'll, we'll start to pray for this. Um, Man, the second, so there's two. I was going to do three evidences of the Holy Spirit. I have so many footnotes for this message. If you would like the footnotes, you can email me or we can meet for coffee, okay? I'll just say that. <clears throat> the, the second evidence of the Holy Spirit is this. Verse 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare the things that are to come. He, this is Jesus saying, he will glorify me. He will glorify me. The first evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives is hunger. The second evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives is when our love for Jesus grows. That's, by the way, a really simple definition. You know, there's a lot of talk these days about revival, whatever that word means. I mean, it's a season of God's presence coming close in a way that we can see him, feel him, but where love for Jesus grows. And here's what I, how I know it's the Holy Spirit is I kind of use this analogy of oil. Okay, has anyone ever tried to cook in a pan without oil before? Has anyone ever tried that? Like you run out of oil, you have to use like broth. Like food sticks to the pan really easily, right? 
Um, and then, or if you ever start to like ride a bike and the chains are kind of rusty and there's no oil, things get stuck. But when you add oil to the chains, when you add oil to the pan, it just gets easy. Does that make sense? And that's one way I've learned to discern the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life is when there's oil that just makes it easy for my heart to love him. When you listen to a song, and there's some songs you listen to, and it's like, this does not help my heart love Jesus. This, this is a cheesy song. But then there's songs where it's like, man, there's something about this song that makes me love him more. Does that make sense? Or like you're reading the Bible, and there's a verse that just jumps out, and what's going on on the inside is that verse is moving our hearts to love him. It's oil. It's oil. Yeah, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Why don't you, you can just put yourself in a posture of receiving. I want to share one more word, if that's okay. Oh, I mean, we're going until 1130, so you, you could just walk out, I guess, if you don't want to hear the second word. I don't know how you'd tell me. No, Ryan, don't share that. Don't do this. So, hey, I just want to share this. this is all, and there's another vulnerable story, but I just feel like I want to pray for some people in the room and Man, there's such a tenderness of God's heart during worship. Maybe just put yourself in a posture of receiving if you want to open your hands up. Lord, we just acknowledge the tenderness of your nearness. And just in that line of Ephesians 3 praying, fill us with the fullness. God, we thank you and we ask you for more of your fullness this morning. We ask you for more of your fullness this morning. I want to share this really quick. I was, a couple months ago, I was, I was doing the dishes and I was, I was trying to pray while I was doing the dishes. Because um, I want to say this, if you think you don't have time to pray, do the dishes more, okay? And pray while you do the dishes. So, so you got to find the space in your life. This is a practical note. Find the space to talk to God and the normalness of what you're already doing. So I'm like, this is my dish time. This is my prayer time. And I felt kind of this weird impetus to listen to one of the songs that I listened to when I first came to know Jesus that played at that camp back when I was in eighth grade. And I've listened to it since then. I don't even want to say what it is. It's so cheesy. I mean, it was great in 2008, but now it's like, wow. Okay, I'll show what it is. That song's like, save, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Savior, he can move the mountains. You guys don't even know what it is because I'm so tone deaf. It's that song. It's a Hillsong song. I'm like, I, I just really want to like listen to that song. And I like put my earpods in. I, I played it. And it, I, I don't know how else to say this, but like the Holy Spirit visited me while I was doing the dishes. And it was like I was hearing the song for the first time, falling in love with Jesus again for the first time. I started to weep. I had to go. My, my Morgan was there. I was like, babe, I can't finish the dishes. I need to go back. I just started weeping. <laughs> And then I felt moved. And then I kind of remembered another season of life. And I was like a freshman in high school. And I mean, I thought life was so hard. I, I, now that I'm older, I know that my life was not hard at all. But in freshman year, I remember so hard. And, and, and there's a song that would play freshman year, um, which was, <laughs> I'll stand with arms high and heart up. Okay, you guys aren't singing with me, which makes you think you don't even know what I'm talking about. But it's this song, which is, again, a little bit cheesy now, but 
I was played that song and just began to weep. And it's like God was meeting my heart the way he did my freshman year of high school again. And then there was a season when uh, God was showing up at our youth group meetings at the Charismatic Church in such a special way. He would be so near to us. His presence would be so thick. And I'd drive home at the end of the night and I would listen to this song every single time when I was driving home and I played it. And once again, it was just fresh tears. And I was just, Lord, I just felt his love the way that I did sophomore, junior, senior year of high school. And I kind of kept going through my story and, and just listening and letting God, and I want you to hear this, letting God reawaken the love in my heart for him, not as a memory, but as an invitation. Did you hear that? I felt God waken my heart to love him again, not as a memory of the way it was, but as an invitation for what's to come. Friends, can I say love for Jesus is not just for our high school and college years. There is a fresh love for him, a fresh oil that God wants to pour into our hearts for the season to come. I feel like there's some of us in the room where we've been under the weight of heaviness and cynicism and the temptation is just to give in and kind of live a normal life. Friends, there's an invitation to give a fresh yes to the one we love this morning. Can I invite us just to close our eyes, put our hands out. If you want to stand up, you can. Man, just start to, just start to pray. Just start to talk to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, here I am. Man, I know that Again, I have some great footnotes. I didn't have a lot of depth in this message, but Jesus, I, I wanna talk about you because you're so real to me. Jesus, I'm so grateful for the ways that you've helped my heart to fall in love with you. Man, if you wanna say yes to Jesus again for this next season, if you've been making agreement with cynicism, with boredom. I mean, the temptations, there's two great invitations in life. The first invitation is to fall in love, but the second invitation is to stay in love. And the temptations of our early years are the competing loves. It's, man, I could give myself to sexuality. I could give myself to addictions. I could give myself to all these other things. The temptations of the later years are more cynicism, are, are more... Um, are more subtle. It's the temptation just to give in to boredom. The temptation just to give in to routine. If you're in this room and you're saying, Jesus, I want to give you a fresh yes for my 30s, a fresh yes for my 40s, a fresh yes for my 50s. Maybe just lift your hands and just start to tell him, Jesus, here I am again. Here I am again. Here I am again. Would you renew love in my heart? Man, if you just need fresh love, for Jesus in your heart. Friends, we are not just a mind. We are a body, a soul, a spirit. God wants to awaken love in our hearts for him. If your heart has felt dead and cold, I want to encourage you, man, hunger is a sign of God's presence. And even the want to be hungry is a sign of God's presence. Some of you in here, you're like, man, I, I don't know if I'm hungry for God, but like, I want that. Friends, if that's you, I just want to say, just run to him. Just again, stand to your feet, lift your hands if that's you. God, I pray for the one in you that wants to want you, 
that's felt like their yes to you, their hunger for you has been a flickering, dying flame. Would you take that little candle wick and turn it into a torch this morning? Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Let's, let's, sing. let's sing. Holy Spirit, come. We're just going to let the Lord minister to our hearts.